This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 104 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Morrows. Today, we're diving into how to actually go about optimizing your ad revenue. I'm speaking with Amber from Mediavine, and you are definitely going to want to listen in. She gives away some great information on how you should actually go about setting up your ads, where the placement is best, just some little behind-the-scenes secrets that you probably didn't know because I certainly didn't. But before we get into that, I want to let you guys know that Mediavine is actually one of our sponsors for Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy in April 2019 here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am so very grateful to have them on as a sponsor. I think that Mediavine is the absolute perfect match. Um, They just are all about making sure that the bloggers that are part of their ad network are seeing the highest revenue that they can from their ads. And they're also, as you're going to hear in this interview, believe in the user experience, which we all know is what it should be about. It's supposed to be about our audience. So I love the fact that they are going to be sponsoring the event and I would love to see you there. So if you're not familiar Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy is April 2nd through the 4th of 2019 in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is going to be two days of workshops, which you will then be able to actually put into practice in your mastermind groups and take what the speakers, the experts are telling you and actually apply it into your business before you leave. I would love to see you here. It is the event for you if you are looking to scale your business and move it up to the next level. It will be linked in the show notes, so make sure that you pop over as well as anything else that we talk about in the episode. All right, guys, let's dive in. All right, guys, good morning. It is 11 a.m. on Tuesday, so I am live here on the Jenny Melrose Facebook page, and I am here with Amber from Mediavine. Amber, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. We actually um, had a group question and answer. We have once a month as part of my membership site. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions came up was about ads and how to optimize them. And that was when I I reached out to you like shortly afterwards. It's like, I need you to come on and talk about this because it's not something that I'm well-versed in. I don't think there's a lot of us that truly are. So I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about company and kind of go from there. Okay, great. So my name is Amber Bracegirdle, and I'm one of the co-founders at Mediavine. Uh, We started back in 2004 as a, a website publisher. Right. So we actually still own three sites to this day, TV Fanatic, The Hollywood Gossip and Food Fanatic, which I personally run. Um, And a couple of years ago, we were having trouble with our ad management company. And Eric, one of my co-founders, is a programmer. So he said, I think I can build something better. And we said, go with it. And it turned out that within a couple of weeks, we were actually out earning our big established ad management partner. Um, And so we cut ties and decided to do this crazy thing for ourselves. And all of the technology was built for us. Like we never um, 
even thought about starting an ad management company. And so when we built the technology, we sort of went at it, it very differently from an ad company because to us, the most important thing was not alienating our audience, not killing our site speed because the Hollywood gossip is the number one um, Hollywood gossip site in the world. Like you search Hollywood gossip and it's the first site that comes up. Like it's a huge site. It gets about 30 to 50 million page views a month. So we didn't want to hurt that website, which we had actually seen happen because the ad management company kept telling us, just put more ads on, just put more ads on. You'll make more money. You'll make more money. And our, our search engine results just went and we were like, okay, that's not going to work. Um, and so what we did is we created the technology, went at it, you know, from that very different place. And what happened was as we started putting those ads on our websites, the contributors that wrote for me under food fanatics said, Hey, can you help us too? And we were like, um, maybe. Um, and so the thing is when you represent a site that you don't own, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. Um, and the first site that we actually represented was, um, my baking addiction, uh, which is owned by my best friend, uh, Jamie Lothridge. Um, and so she had asked me, she's like, as a personal favor, you know, we're besties. Can, can you guys help me? Right. And the guy said, if we're going to help anybody, it'll be Jamie. So let's do it. And then we realized that once we jump through all of those hoops for Jamie's website, we could do it for anyone. Um, because the technology that Eric built was very scalable um, because Food Fanatic is, is a small site in, in relation to the Hollywood gossip. It gets, you know, about half a million pages a month, whereas the Hollywood gossip gets 30 to 50 million. So we basically, it came from laziness. He didn't want to constantly be rewriting code between the sites. And so he built technology that scales. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. And we've, we basically use a bunch of data. We're data geeks. And so we figured out the best placements um, for making sure that eyeballs are actually on ads without being intrusive. So like we don't have anything that pops up or under slides in or um, on mobile. It doesn't like pop up and cover the whole screen. Like we never wanted to run that stuff on our own website. So we don't ask anybody else to. But that meant we had to get very creative in how we deliver the advertising stuff um, to make sure that we are competitive in the space and giving people the money that they deserve for the valuable audience that they have. Um, and the thing that people don't realize is that uh, lifestyle websites have the most valuable websites on the internet like in terms of audience. And so if you're getting paid peanuts by the, the network that you're working with, they are devaluing your website because everybody uses the same exchanges. So um, for us, it was always about like making these advertisers that want to get in front of your readers' eyeballs, making them pay what it's worth. Okay. No, so, that makes total sense. And I think when most of us started, I think the first place we started was well, I want to do something passive. I don't feel like I'm big enough to be able to go anywhere else and, and right. to pitch brands or whatever it might be. I'm going to go passively and I'm going to put ads on my site. Do you right. think that ad revenue has changed over the years? Like for, so from my perspective, like I've been at this nine years at this point. So I'm a dinosaur right. in the blogging world. Right. Right. I've had my, my own personal food blog. I, I mean, I was a food blogger before we started food fanatics and that's, that site is 11 years old. So right. I feel you. Yes. So you're in it. What do you think has changed over the years? Um, so one of the most important things that's changed is that advertisers can now actually know when their ad is seen and they will pay you more for it. 
So it's not even necessarily about an ad getting clicked on anymore. It's about whether or not it actually was seen by a human. Um, and so that actually, we feel that over time, there's actually going to be a sh a, an even bigger shift in the advertising industry, that they will stop paying for ad impressions that loaded but weren't seen. So they use something called a viewability score to, to find out how, if the ad was seen or not. And, and the way that they do that is how much, so it's um, the way that they start counting the score is 50% of the ad in the viewable screen for at least one second. If that wow. happens, it gets a score. And the longer it's in the viewable screen, the more, the higher the score. Um, and it goes one to 100. Um, but industry sort of says that 70% is the goal. And Mediavine actually runs at about 72% because of the way that we load ads. Okay. So we don't, we, we actually don't load ads that aren't going to be seen. We, we use a, a technology called lazy loading. So um, basically the ad starts to load once someone scrolls near it rather than it loading off screen while the reader is still working with your content on the first page view okay. or the first screen view rather. Does so that make sense? It does. Because of that, then, does it make sense? So when I started, I always remember the big thing was it needs to be up in the header. Like it needs to be front right, and center, yeah. above the fold. Like that's where it was. That and definitely has changed. Right? So it has completely changed. Yeah. So what that's about is it takes so long for that first screen view to load that typically readers are already scrolling, right? Because they don't, they've been to your website before or they're coming in from Pinterest and they don't really care where they're at. So they're scrolling past your header and all of that so that they can see the actual post. So anything in that first screen view is actually getting terrible viewability scores. Um, so we actually don't even recommend that people run ads, basically what's called above the fold, except in that sort of lower browser area at the bottom. Um, in the industry, it's called the adhesion unit. So it sits at the bottom of the browser window. That's typically the only place that we suggest running something like that. Because yeah, and it, we've seen a bunch of changes in the last couple of weeks. Google rolled out changes to uh, PageSpeed Insights yes. where they're looking at the screen view and it's called first time to interactive so, which is very, it's a very different and convoluted uh, technical thing that I'm not going to try to explain because I'm not good at that. That would be Eric's question. <laughs> um, but basically, we're now like giving people the option of not even uh, loading the our script or anything until the website becomes interactive. Um, because... Uh, Lighthouse is here to stay. Like we actually reached out to our contacts at Google and said, okay, what's the deal here? And they got us in touch with the Lighthouse team and said, yeah, this is the new standard. It's not getting rolled back. The old PageSpeed Insights is never coming back. This is it. And we were like, okay. <laughs> um, but they're kind of, they're not taking into account even their own products. So like even Google fonts are not passing Lighthouse's stringent requirements at this point. Um, so we knew that we had to like kind of get in front of it with advertising because obviously this is the way that things are going to go. And so, yeah, it, it really more than ever is coming down to site speed. And when you pay attention to site speed and you don't load a thousand ads, when your site is loading, you actually end up getting better viewability scores and better CPMs because your reader is interacting with your website for longer. Okay. You just used lingo. 
that okay. I know that we always have a discussion about. That was one of the things okay. that came up in our car. So you said CPMs. What do you mean by yes. that? So CPM is cost per milli. Uh, milli means thousand. So thousand impressions, right? Um, think of it as your hourly wage. So like your minimum wage for your website. Um, it means what you're getting paid per thousand ad impressions. And those typically can run anywhere from $1.50 to video, it gets upwards of $20 or $30 um, per thousand impressions. So um, it really kind of depends on the placement and your viewability score as to what your average CPM is. Um, I don't know about other ad providers, but we actually provide your average CPM in the MediaVine dashboard. Um, so you can see it in real time. It comes directly out of the Google ad server. Um, but typically what you're looking for the, there is somewhere in the two to $4 range. If you're in that range, you're kind of doing as well as you possibly can for an average. Okay. And would you say that in order to improve it, you would need to improve site speed? Would that be your first place to start? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Everything comes down to site speed, your Google uh, search result rankings, your um, how, you know, how your ads are being interacted with, how your content is being consumed. Even Pinterest has sort of alluded to the fact that they use site speed as part of their algorithm. Facebook has actually confirmed it. So like if your site is super fast, you're going to be shown more in Facebook's uh, feed algorithm. Okay. See, so all these important. little, they're all connected. I mean, really, I feel like over the last year, it's really come to the forefront that the whole point of how our sites are evaluated and the algorithms, it relies upon the user's experience. Absolutely. Creating content that's meant for the user, that makes it easier for the user to use and not jumping all over the place and taking time to get to things, they yes. reward you. Whereas, if it's slow and it doesn't make sense and it's yeah. not what they thought they were going to, you're going to have an issue. Right. No, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. It's user experiences. I mean, Google has indicated from day one, like that's something that's extremely important to them. Facebook and Pinterest are following suit. Um, so it, it just makes sense, you know, do things that make it easier for your reader to consume your content, things like making your font size bigger and breaking up your paragraphs so that they're in more in smaller, more scannable, digestible chunks. Um, and it just so happens that doing all of those things actually makes your ads perform better. So um, it really comes down to it. If you're paying attention to the things that Google and Facebook and Pinterest are saying impor are important for user experience, nine times out of 10, you're actually going to improve your revenue. That, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Give us one less thing to have to worry about and yeah. have it connected. I love that. Yeah. So if we're looking to optimize our ad revenue, is there a particular mm -hmm. type of ad that really performs well? You mentioned video and it seemed like it was video. much higher. Yeah, video is definitely where the industry is moving to. If you don't have video on your site and you're monetizing through any of the big ad management companies, like they all support video ads, you really need to be paying attention to that because they typically will pay thousands of dollars over the course of a year more than YouTube will. 
Um, and it's not to say that you can't still grow your YouTube uh, presence. And in fact, like with us, we actually give you the option of adding a subscribe to your YouTube channel, like widget at the end, it, we can automatically plug it in at the end of your video um, so that you can still grow that presence. Um, and you can even, if you've got, you know, whatever their threshold is to start monetizing, um, you can still monetize on YouTube. But on your actual website, any of the big ad providers are going to have a better CPM uh, per video ad than YouTube will provide. So one of the questions I always see coming up in groups that relates to video and relates to ads, does it make sense to embed a YouTube video or should we be using a player that's maybe provided by the ad agency? You should definitely be using the player that's provided by the ad agency. That's the only way that they can monetize that video for you. Um, and so it's not to say that you can't put both, but then again, that comes at a site speed cost, right? Loading two videos in a page is definitely going to bring you down a little bit. Um, there's everybody that I'm aware of in the ad space that has built their own player has built it using the same um, requirements of schema that Google gives in YouTube. In fact, like our player is, is an open source version of the YouTube player. Um, so it builds out everything that, Google is asking for as far as video is concerned. So there's no difference in terms of SEO to use that or to use YouTube. Okay. Yes. And I know that that question comes up, I feel like constantly, mm -hmm. because as we talk more and more about video and the push for it, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook, wherever it might be, yeah. um, it's just seems like everybody wants to know that question, uh, yeah. just so that we're doing it properly. Is yeah. there... Uh, so when we're having ads placed, one of the discussions, mm -hmm. I know one of the questions that came up inside our membership site was about having ads throughout content, um, taking over pictures. Right. Are there better ads to have that? And again, I think you kind of realize I'm like user experience, right? Mm -hmm. But what are you guys seeing as far as the types of ads that are doing performing the best when it's not well, video related? Right. So in-content ads and adhesion ads are really where your money's at, especially because so much you have to take a step back, do a macro view. Your audience is probably 60 to 90% mobile, right? So sidebars, headers, they, they don't exist on a mobile device. And right. so you really have to have in-content ads in this day and age, or you are not monetizing your website even close to what you could be doing. Um, so it really comes down to personal preference and what you know your audience will tolerate in terms of the frequency of those. And you work with your ad provider. We, I know we provide like the ability to adjust that yourself in our dashboard um, to what you're comfortable with. Um, but really it comes down to um, paying attention to where your audience lives right? And on for lifestyle blogs, 60 to 90% of their audience lives on a mobile device. And so you really have to stop and think mobile first. And in, so in content ads, and then there's adhesion ads that sit at the bottom of the browser window. Right. And it's not about, I think that what, one of the misconceptions I had that you really clarified right in the beginning was about that. It's mm -hmm. not, you're not getting paid for them to click. You're getting paid for it to fully load and the right. percentage of it that loads. I don't think I ever quite understood that. So to have it within content, I don't know. I feel like every site we go to, whether it is a yeah. news channel or whether it is a food blog, you're seeing ads 
within yeah. content. And like you said, as long as you keep it so that it's not overwhelming. And if you have your, I think what helps is when you have the paragraphs broken up. Yes, absolutely. That's so, better for user experience as well, because people like, Google did a a survey or not a survey, but a study. Microsoft did a study. Apple did a study. How do people read on the web? They don't read the way they read a book. They scan. And so you have to provide them with small digestible chunks of information for them to actually take in what you're saying. So you really have to look at your website on your mobile device. And if you see text going the entire screen, you have to break that up. Right. And you have to break it up in a way that it looks nice on the mobile screen, right? And what actually happens when you do that is you're providing more pixels in general for the length of the post, which then means you can actually have more advertising without it being overwhelming. So one of the things that we did this past year is we joined the Coalition for Better Ads, which is um, a voluntary organization that was started by big people in the industry like Facebook and Microsoft and a couple of different ad exchanges and things like that. And really the goal of CBA was to figure out at what point do people start installing ad blockers so that we can stay on the good side of that instead of the bad side. And what they found actually was really surprising. It's not about the quantity of ads that you have on your website. It's about the impression of uh, density. And so if you keep to 70% content to 30% advertising, people tend to be very tolerant of your advertising. Okay, that's a great Um, ratio to know the number for. Yeah, and so you can actually go to the coalition for, I think it's betterads.org and read a bunch of this stuff. Um, And they really, um, you know, we really have always, you know, been so concentrated on user experience, but it was great to finally have that metric and know, cause we actually used to limit the number of ads that people could have in content. Like we had a cap. And then once the CBA came out and said, well, no, actually you don't have to do that. You have to do this. It made actually even the programming of it much simpler um, because we were able to sort of take the height of your post in pixels and then dynamically place the ads um, so that they aren't overwhelming. Um, and it was interesting because it meant that like even Google could be less strict about their stuff. Cause it used to be like, you couldn't have two ads within the same screen view. You can, like, they had all these rules and then they sort of rolled them back and said, no, you know, we're good here. Um, so long as you're keeping the density, we can kind of lay these out. However, it makes sense for the reader. Okay. So, yeah. I love that. And it's interesting to see the connections because I've really over the past probably year, I would say um, I've been, I took a Mario White's course on search engine seduction, which is absolutely Mm -hmm. fabulous. And learning more and more about understanding keywords and SEO and seeing that the connection actually helps when you're writing it so that it is a longer post answers all these questions and breaking it up like that. I think that's one of the discussions we always seem to have within my community is when we're writing even in an email, what should that look like? And we're also used to, I mean, you know, many of us are, we're not millennials. We were taught I am to definitely write. Not. Exactly. So we were taught <laughs> to write a certain way and it seems so odd to break it up like that. But it, it does. I mean, I, you know, I'm so well-trained in it now because we've done it with the, the contributors on Food Fanatic for so long. Yeah. And the guys just kind of like beat it into my head that I had to, that I had to break those paragraphs up. Um, 
so it, yeah, it really, um, once you start doing it and I, I, I will tell you a trick that I did with food fanatic that I think really helps, especially if you come from a place of your English teacher taught you something very differently to what web, web writing is, is supposed to be, um, is read your post aloud whatever you're writing, read it aloud to yourself as you're working on it. And every time that you pause, hit return. What you'll actually find is that you you don't go further than about one to two sentences in a paragraph. And that's exactly what you need to be doing for web reading. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's such a great tip. I love that. So, so smart. So tell us a little bit, everybody, um, you know, getting to an ad network, what are the page views or you guys are sessions? Is that right? We are sessions. Yeah. Okay, we, the sessions that you need to have in order to qualify for Mediavine. So we work off of uh, 25,000 sessions in a 30 day period. Um, you're going to make more money if your domain is at least a year old. We actually didn't put ads on our website, like on Food Fanatic for like two and a half years. Um, so we very much feel um, when you're building your website, you really have to focus on that first impression and getting that loyal audience. Don't try to monetize too soon because you are going to... Um, one, other ads are slow. <laughs> so even AdSense is slow. And so you're right. going to slow down your website when you're trying to build an audience and get search results. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? SERP stats to be, you know, nice and high and get some authority there. And so um, really don't worry about monetizing until you get to like that 25,000 session, 30,000 page view level. That's really where it starts to become worth the loss of, ex of user experience. Because I'm going to sit here and tell you as a co-founder of an ad company, ads suck. They do. They suck. They're going to take away from your user experience. But you have to recognize that if you're running your website as a business, there's give and take, right? Um, just like there are SEOs that will tell you if you want to rank for something, don't run ads on your website. Right. Like they'll flat out tell you that. And, and the thing is like, you can actually do both, but you really have to fight with your ad company to make sure that they're doing the things that aren't going to get in your way, like loading all your ads on site load and things like that. Right. So they can, they can live in somewhat harmony, you know, and I'm here to tell you that as someone who, you know, works with the largest Hollywood gossip website on the web, we've had ads for 10 years. So it's not impossible to rank if you have ads on your website. It's harder um, because it does slow down your website a little, but like we've tried to provide solutions that stop that from getting in your way. Um, and it's possible to do with anybody that you work with. So, you know, I think I've even heard of people being able to figure out how to lazy load AdSense ads. So it is possible to do yourself if you're not at that point, but I personally don't think it's worth it. So, yeah, it's 25,000 sessions. You're looking for, um, traffic that's coming from uh, countries that pay well in advertising dollars. So that's going to be the US, Canada, uh, UK, Australia, New Zealand, weirdly, Switzerland has a really high paying, paying okay. threshold. Um, but really, you're looking for sort of the majority of your traffic to come from places that that are going to pay well. Um, if you have the majority of your traffic coming from India, an American company like Mediavine or AdThrive or Monumetric is really not going to do that well for you because the advertisers that they're, they're going out and working with are looking for US and UK and what whatnot audiences. So you might be better off working with a local um, ad agency in like India or something like that if your audience comes from that 
locale. Um, so you're looking for that. You're looking for quality, original content, um, not a lot of roundups. Um, we've actually seen Google track cracking down on this in the last year. Um, that if your website is made up entirely of like the 10 best ways to wash your face, like you, you're not going to, um, be approved or they're going to blacklist your website because they don't feel that that content is valuable. Um, obviously having some of it is fine, but if 90% of your website is that, they're not just not going to bid because they don't feel that that's valuable content for the advertisers themselves. So you kind of have to put yourself in the shoe of the advertiser. If I was going to pay to put money on this website, would I find it worth it? Right. And typically that clickbaity stuff, like they're in and out, they don't look at your ads, they don't anything. Um, and that's actually why we moved to sessions instead of page views is because we found people were starting to do like those horrible um, slideshows where the entire page reloads every single time to get their page views up. And we were like, no, no, that's bad behavior. We don't want to encourage that. So we moved to sessions in order to sort of encourage, like pay attention to your reader and keep them engaged with a single piece of content for a while. Right. Like that's, that's a much better value to the advertisers and better user experience. Yes. Nope. Totally makes sense. So Amber, tell us where are the best places to find Mediavine to get in contact yeah. once they hit that threshold of 25,000, yeah. where do they go to apply all that kind of good stuff? So you can apply at Mediavine.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, it's like slash Mediavine Publisher Network. We actually dropped Publisher Network from our name, but can't seem to get that handle on Facebook. Um, but we have lots of public facing resources there. So even if you're not ready to apply, um, we do lives every couple of weeks. We have uh, our marketing manager, Jenny does teal talks with people throughout the blogging industry, um, to sort of bring best practices and ideas and stuff like that. And that's open to the public as well as our help center. We have, and our blog on Mediavine, mediavine.com slash blog. We have tons of blog posts about how, you know, like the font size stuff I was talking about. We have entire blog posts about what you're looking for there. Um, and so it's, you know, any of those things, you're going to find lots of resources and you should, you should look at them now, not when you're at that threshold, because I think it will help you. The whole process will be a lot a lot simpler for you and you'll be making great money out of the gate. Excellent. Yes. Um, I know. I also love to follow you guys on Instagram. You always have the cutest little photos <laughs> and we, tips to go along with it. Yeah. Yeah. We love that. Oh, and one other thing, I do have a podcast about SEO. Um, it's called theory of content. I do that with my buddy, Josh. It's totally separate from media vine, although everyone keeps calling it the media vine <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> It, uh, yeah, we just talk about why people make content and how to make it better so that you, you do get those rankings that you want. Um, and so, yeah, that's theoryofcontent.com. And so you can find me there too. Perfect. All right. No, that sounds great. I am so excited to be able to have Mediavine as part of Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy in April, um, yes. to have people that are there and able to just kind of give even more detailed information, help mm -hmm. them be able to work through it within the mastermind sessions that we'll be holding there. So I am so excited and so very grateful that you guys are joining us. So thank you for that. I'm um, very welcome. We're excited about it. Perfect. I appreciate you all so much for listening in. Um, if there's any questions that pop up on the page, I will make sure to go through and answer any questions that you have. Um, I appreciate you guys all so much and I will talk to y'all soon. Thanks so much, awesome. Amber. You're welcome. All right. Bye guys.
All right, guys. Well, there you have it. You need to definitely make sure that you head on over to Mediavine's website. Check out the different blog posts that they are offering. They're very transparent about making sure that their bloggers that they have that are part of their ad network are actually optimizing their ads and making the money that they that they should be earning. So. I would highly recommend making sure that you check out their articles. And if you haven't already, we would love it if you would leave a review for Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast. I actually wanted to share the most latest review that was left from Theme Park Hipster. She says, such a blessing. Episode 100 was still on time. Jenny knows how to give valuable, concise information in every podcast episode. She has taught me how to understand the business of being a blogger or influencer by first having a system and a strategy in place. Thank you for blessing us all with such incredible content. Theme Park Hipster. Nikita, thank you so much for leaving that fabulous review. You are so very sweet. And I'm so glad that you found that episode 100 was the epic episode that I had hoped it would be. If you guys have a chance and you could leave a review, it just helps so that other bloggers and influencers can find our content and make sure that they are moving their businesses forward with the trainings that are offered there. I appreciate all of you so very much. Until next time, I will see you all then. 